And we're back with another episode of Wrestling with Romance. It's your host, Life of Dean. We're here to bring you the first episode of 2024. Happy New Year, guys. I hope you guys are having already a great start to the year. I hope you were surrounded with people you love when you were in the new year. And if you weren't, just know I love you and that should be enough. This year is going to be fantastic. And it's going to be wildly successful for everyone who specifically listens to this podcast. Now, what do we have on deck for you guys today? This year, this first episode of 2024 is just a review of 2023. Yeah, we're going to be looking back, telling you guys what's our favorite matches of 2023. What are some predictions we have for 2024? What are some very bold predictions? Some things we might feel a little bit outside the box for 2024. If you don't know, especially... If you may have missed it in one of the last few episodes, Jack is actually away in Japan. Jack is actually going to be there for Wrestle Kingdom. So this is why we have uh, the review episode. We recorded this before you left. And we wanted to make sure to give you guys some content. We want to be consistent. 2024 is about growth, especially for wrestling and romance. We're trying to grow everything from our social media to make sure we grow the following of this podcast. You know, we appreciate everyone that listens. Make sure you a like, subscribe, follow us on Instagram, Wrestling with Romance. Romance is spelled with a W in front of it. And then make sure Romance Podcast Twitter. We're getting back on top of that. Yes, we are going to make sure to make a strong run in 2024. Without further ado, let's jump straight into the episode. Peace. See you guys next week. We're this is the season, um, not the season that you think of, but it is a certain season for me that reminds me of a certain girl. And I'll begin at the beginning where I'm in the coffee shop, Cafe Siena at the base of Aspen. And I always ski like I have like always have like a shitty Western in my pocket, like a shitty like dime store Western. Okay. And with these pants, you can see it. It's like kind of poking out. And as I'm waiting in line to get my croissant and Red Bull, mm. you see her. She's very cute. That's a hell of a mix, by the way. Croissant what? Red croissant and Red Bull. I say hey. it as someone who's frequent croissants and energy drinks. <laughs> well, you know, a nice warm ham and cheese croissant take on the hill. Get a little protein in there. So I'm going to warm up my stomach. I see her. I notice her. We can start talking. She like, she compliments, not even compliments. She just like observes the book in my pocket. I'm like, yeah, you know, I read it on the chairlifts. And as a coach, there's a lot of waiting around. I do like when I'm waiting for them to come back to the, to the, to the run. And so, you know, I just read a few pages. It's an easy read. So I can pick it up and put it down. Right. Then I see her a few days later at the ski patrol, um, like softball game where they play with like skis on and ski right. patrol plays against themselves. And it's a real like locals event. Every, everybody heads out to the base of Highlands, watches the game. All the locals watch, bring beer, hang out at the bar. That's right there. Nice little chill yeah. activity. Yeah. And it's just like, there's not a lot of local things in Aspen. 
yeah. that's like made specifically for locals that only locals know about. And this is like one of the few. And it's it is a really special environment. It's towards the end of the winter when everybody gets a little bit more free time because everybody who lives in Aspen and works in works in or around the ski industry is busy from December to March. So this is like end of March. This rolls around. Right. I see her. She sees me. I see her looking at me. She comes over and starts talking to me. And we're talking about books and reading and this, that, and the other thing. Very nice girl. Uh, I get her number. We end up going out on a date. And she's got these huge, big blue eyes. This, like, touched by the sun, tanned skin. She works at the backcountry shop in the valley. Mm. Real fucking gnarly chick. I think uh, we went skiing on our first date. We ended up making out on like the top lodge, like the lodge at the top of the mountain. Where there's like a little back patio. Mm. Watching the sun in the middle, you know, watching the sun peek over the mountains. Real romantic scene. And we get along. Skiing just always has the romantic scene because yes, like you always that is true. And I think that's what makes me um, so good at picking up girls on the hill is that the scene is set. Also, I'm my <laughs> best self when I'm on the hill. So these 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 two things together uh, make it prime time for me. Right. We make out. She. She drives me home. Uh, not even she drives me home. We make out. We go our separate ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, we meet up for breakfast a few days later. The conversation is great once again. We have a lot in common. We're talking about the books that re- we read. Obviously, she's a big reader as well. Right. She loves to travel. She's been all over the world. Mm-hmm. Then we're sitting in the back of her truck because we finished eating and we still didn't want to say goodbye to each other. Those are the nice states where it's like yeah. one goes planned, it goes a little bit past. That's actually me and my girlfriend started. Mm-hmm. Like we just we just didn't want it to end. We just wanted to keep hanging out. So mm-hmm. we put like the her the back of her truck down and just sat there. And we're sitting there with her. And I look over and she's got one of those like live free or die stickers on the back of her truck, which is the New Hampshire state slogan is okay. live free or die. So I don't really think much of it. That's different. I didn't know that. No, yeah. Oh, you didn't know that? that? No. Their fucking state slogan is live free or die. Okay. It's aggressive. Gotta watch, gotta watch New Hampshire. <laughs> watch New Hampshire. And then I keep looking at the back of her truck. And on the other side of her back windshield is a Don't Tread on Me sticker with the snake wrapped around an assault rifle. No! Danger, danger! (laughs) Danger! And I start thinking, and like I've said before, I'm not really good at beating around the bush. So I just get right to it. And I'm like, did you vote for Trump? 
there was no lead up. I just, <laughs> I saw it. I like started doing some calculations in my head. You was like, light bulb that goes ah, off. Yeah. Yes. She says yes. So I voted for Biden, um, of whom, because I'm an anarchist and voting for Joe Biden is like voting for an empty chair. And as an anarchist, that really appeals to me. Right. And she's a Trump supporter. And then we keep talking about politics and we're actually pretty cool about it. And then she also mentions that she's an election denier. I think she actually asked me, like, do I believe the election was stolen? And I said, no. And she's like, that's not a red flag, but that is like a pink flag. Ah! Time. 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 First and foremost, penalty on play. Yeah, throw the flag. I like to just say, while it may be pink for her, it should have been like fluorescent red for you. Like, there should have been glowing red sign. Like, red streetlight sign that said, I should not trend further. I should not, you know, trail, go down this path any further. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, I know where this story goes. <laughs> Unfortunately, I know where story goes. Um, <laughs> I, I didn't let, I mean, I was very honest with her. I'm listening, like, I'm very pro-abortion, pro-choice. I'm very pro LGBTQIA plus. Um, I think whatever a person wants to be in this life that they're entitled to be. Yeah. And she says that she's fine with that. She's like, yeah, it's whatever. That's cool. Everybody's got their ish. And I think that like put my down, put my guard down a little because I still hit. I know. Um, I, know. <laughs> I, I still hit. And frankly, I don't regret it. Well, maybe a little. There's not. It's not regret. It's more shame. Because like, can I, can I ask you a question? Genuinely. Yeah. And like how I said in the last episode, as Kirsten so early, you probably will never get monetized properly. But was her being like, "Oh yeah, that's that's cool." Was that like your your penis being like, "All right, well, I don't have to be so guilty." <laughs> like, was that a like, little, yeah. Because I'm like, if she's not going to judge me, then who am I to judge her? Maybe we can bring the two sides together. I reached across the aisle and I brought the parties. Did you ask her where she was January 6th? No, I did not. You don't think that's a question you should have asked after asking all this? I feel like she would have brought it up. I feel like if she was at January 6th, she would have wanted to talk about being at January 6th. You think she would have just willingly brought up committing a federal crime? Allegedly. Um, Possibly committing a federal crime. I mean, it's possible she didn't go into the Capitol building. She still was there. She could have just been hanging out, of which it's not a felony. Jake, this is like the first story where I don't think you realize, like, there's no victory here. Like, there, there no, is. no, there's no victory. Um, <laughs> I just, I, I guess I'm like defending her where maybe she's not a felon. 
uh, and maybe she didn't go into the capital. Um, we, we, we have to make two leaps in order to get there. Is that Jeez. she was at January 6th and she went into the capital. Both possibilities. I'm not going to rule them out entirely. <laughs> in which case, I was inside of an insurrectionist. <laughs> but I, uh, you tried I to you tried to liberate her. This is how we get people on our side, one fuck at a time. <laughs> I'm relying on my dick being so star spangled awesome <laughs> that. This episode is never getting monetized. This episode will never get monetized. And it's if I, I want my dick to be so smart, that I banged her to the left. Oh, God. I, uh. So, what happened after you guys hooked up? Let me ask that question. I moved. <laughs> I moved from the valley to Vale. <laughs> So let me get this straight. Yeah. Did you wait? Question. Did you ghost her? No. No. Okay. No. No. <laughs> no I don't trust that. No, I don't trust that. No, I did it. I don't trust that. The way you said that. I, I did it. What happened? Because the way you said no, no, no. Well, I mean, no. like I didn't, I didn't hit twice, but like we still, she'll like send me a text. I mean, I moved shortly thereafter. Was shortly thereafter. I think I moved about so I yeah I moved about a week later. Okay, that's that's understandable. Yeah, um, but she she'll still send me a text. We were supposed to go elk hunting this fall. Mm-hmm. Which I also want I want to put this out there, okay? Because I don't think our viewers, our <laughs> listeners, are that much better than me. Okay, I want you all to look inside of yourselves. And I want you to be honest about the person you are. Because the truth is, you're not that fucking special. And you're not that ethical. You try, We all try to be the best person we can be. And we, through our individuality and our personalities, we put that into the world. And we do good where we can. And we know what right. is right and we know what is wrong, particularly in politics and when it comes to ethics. But when it comes to our sex lives, we are all fucking animals who make poor choices. Okay? Who think with the wrong heads constantly. I think, so, I'm going to put it out there, 9 out of 10 people would have done the same thing I did. If they're being honest, <laughs> they either have before or in the same context would do the same. So, which is why I, I feel shame but not regret. Here's what I would say. Have I made some unadvised decisions in that department and had relationships with people I shouldn't have had. Yes. There's one that flies off in my mind who's from Florida. And God knows that was a that was a sign that that was a bad thing to do. <laughs> but also we gotta align there gotta be certain places where we must align. For us to proceed forward. Now, for you, 
there might have not been a big enough divide. <laughs> it was just like, we aligned enough for me to fuck. But we do not align enough. That's all I'm saying. Like, I'm not saying everybody would get into a relationship. Uh, I, I wouldn't have gotten into a relationship. But Completely understand. Go into the deepest recesses of your brain. <laughs> and think about the type of porn that you watch. And the grimy shit you've gotten into. And tell me, <laughs> look me in the eye, and tell me you wouldn't have hit. I don't speak for everybody. Everybody can answer this their own way. I can tell you I would not have. I can tell you. I don't you. believe you. I can tell you I would not have. One, the hells I have been through before with bad decisions I've made. At 26. And not knowing better. See, again, at 26, I was on two years without sex. And I was purposely doing it. How'd you make it? I just made it. I, I was working on so much artwork, I didn't even care. I it was that point where you get so into the, like your passion, where you kind of block out everything else. But I'm, so, I can't yeah. make art unless I'm fucking. I can make, I make my art mostly sober. And mostly isolated. Sober, yes. I mean, depends how. I mean, I do consider fucking in romance. Uh, certainly, gets me. It's kind of a, it's its own high. It has yeah. its own. No, high. it definitely. I get intoxicated and addicted to that shit. But um, it's me in a glow. Yeah, like I do a lot of my stuff sober. So, but I also do a lot of my stuff. At that time, I was also learning and fully engulfing myself in understanding what the art scene was in New York. So I was going out to shows from Thursday to Sunday. And then I was still working at the same time. I didn't have no time. I did not have any time. There's always time for love. Well, there's time. <laughs> what you're talking about ain't love, my friend. It's lust. <laughs> it's love if you, believe, if you convince yourself it is. It can be love for just a few moments. In That's my how... case, 27 <laughs> minutes and 12 seconds. <laughs> Why do you have to? Did you put a timer on your phone? No, no. I was about to say, sir. What's in your recording it in my notes? Oh, that was a good one. Clock in, clock out. All right, good, good. <laughs> I got my cardio in for the day. But no, me personally, at 27, at 26, 27, could I see myself possibly making that choice? Maybe a little bit, but also depends on the timing. What you're talking about is after. All the election stuff. When I was your age, that was before he fully got in office. So <laughs> it's two different worlds. Fair. So if you're telling me in your age and her and him in no, office, I'm saying you are 26 and you meet her in 2023. Probably not. Still, I don't believe you. I'm being honest. Listen, okay. I've I've passed up a lot of people in my life. I've passed up a lot of things, okay. but they just didn't match up with me. Fine. Fine. Um, I also will I the the thought of uh, uh, well, I guess there's no gentle way to put this. The thought of of um, getting head in a deer stand during hunting season ah! is, is enticing. So, is there a possibility I hit again in this context? Sure. <laughs> 
<laughs> we're going you know we were supposed to go hunting this fall but she got sick so well, meg we're going to be hunting again this spring or we will be going hunting this spring so wait time out yeah because you know you know we have people from our lovely chat who, who <laughs> listens to this podcast right <laughs> this is going to become a topic and i want you to know and prepare yourself ahead of time because of what okay. you're going to say you are planning to see and spend time I'm planning on going hunting person. with her, yeah. I, I've i been meaning to go hunting more, and she's got elk tags. And we all make sacrifices and compromises for the things that we love. And I love being in the outdoors, and I love being in the outdoors with beautiful women. So now that two things have gone in this direction, who am I? To, I have to make two compromises, which is I no longer have the excuse of I haven't hit yet, so I've hit once. And also, I would like uh, to go elk hunting, and I don't have tags. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome to Wrestling with Romance. <laughs> yeah, There's no other way to start it. This is yeah, the co-host life of Dean. Welcome to the... Uh, you know, for people to understand, when I met Jack, I met Jack with this being the main thread of a story. Yeah, you came into the chat and I've been hanging out with this girl. <laughs> and I was just like, I don't even know who this is, but I already know way more about their sex life than I probably need. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, so man. I guess think? we're here. This is our... We're going to be hearing this in our new year of 2024. Yes. I will be in Japan at this time. This will Mr. be the day, uh, the day before Wrestle Kingdom, which yes. I will be at. So we're going to be talking about our 2023 best matches of the year and our 2024 predictions. You it's get to a watch of a wrap up episode. A you get bit. to watch Brian Danielson in Japan for the first time in like what 20 years. I mean, Close yeah, to? something like that. First time in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Wrestling yes. for New Japan Pro Wrestling. First time and, in the Tokyo Dome. Man. And it's going to be exciting to watch 2024 Danielson wrestle the Japanese style. Because I, I got a feeling yeah. their match is going to be way different than it, what it was here in America. Also, you get to watch Will Ospreay's last Wrestle Kingdom for right now. Oh, that's right. I forget about that. Yeah, you get to see Mox come out to his new Japan music. You get you're getting a whole fucking like yeah, experience no, here, brother. Man, how you feeling? Is it like we was talking about it off air, but you said it's really starting to kick in. Yeah, so I leave December thirty first. So that's you know a few days away from when we're recording mm -hmm. now. And I it didn't seem real until this week. Like yet, like a couple days ago, it kicked in. Right. Because like before it just seemed like a mirage, a dream, an oasis in the desert. And I thought like it would never actually come. But here we are, and I'm like, oh fuck, like I have to start packing. Like I have to <laughs> all everything is paid for, and my reservations are set, and yeah. like everything is fine and dandy once we land. And I'm like talking to the Airbnbs that I'm staying with and making our plans like we're gonna go uh parasailing in fiji that's fine dude. mount fuji i mean dude i've Air japan gliding. is like one of my um it's my dream places to go visit. Mm -hmm. so it's like to hear you say that you're doing all this and you're going there for wrestle king jesus man 
Well, people like, you know, because I'm a skier and Japan has the best skiing in the world. Um, people keep saying to me like, oh, you're going for to ski? Like, are you going to ski? I'm like, no, I'm going for what I say is Japanese WrestleMania. Because that's, yeah. that's the only way people can like understand it who are on wrestling fans. I mean, it's true. It is the Japanese WrestleMania. Yeah, it's the ja- Japanese version of WrestleMania. It's the Japanese version of WWE. Man, that's so beautiful, man. I'm, uh, Yeah. Man. No, and so like this week, the excitement really set in. Before I would, I was like, "Yeah, it's gonna be cool, blah blah blah." But like now, I really like feel that shit bubbling up in my stomach. <clears throat> I know I may have said this before to you, or I may have said it in our chat before that this is this run of Danielson's is psychotic. It's like almost borderline <laughs> insane. Yeah, he has a match tomorrow with Eddie Kingston, which I already know is going to be hard-hitting as fuck. He then has to get on a plane to Japan (laughs) in like a few days to go face Okada in Okada's home turf, where Okada has already accidentally broke his arm. Accidents happen. This man is insane. (laughs) This man... I think he loves pro wrestling. So, and like, I understand because I could have, I mean, I have broken things been before and been like, you know, I still got to get on the hill. Yeah. Like, yeah I, I can understand it on, on that level where it's like, I, I go skiing because like I went skiing yesterday and I'm going to go skiing tomorrow and I'm going to, and I went skiing today. It's just what I do. And for Daniel saying, it's just like, yeah, I'm a wrestler. I'm going to wrestle Eddie Kingston in a brutal match. I'm going to hold nothing back. And then I'm going to go wrestle um, Okada because I'm a wrestler. And this is what I do. Like, I'm not going to lie. Honestly, before we get into everything. Danielson makes me question how much I love art. (laughs) He does. Because I love art. Don't get me wrong. Like, I don't feel like I'm me without creating like, I don't feel like, you know, I don't yeah, feel happy. But I'm like, motherfucker, I don't have kids. I don't have a wife. You have all these things you have to go home to. And you're still like, even with my eye in a patch, even with my arm not fully strong, I'm still going out here and I'm showcasing. I don't give a fuck it is. 1,000 people in the crowd, 2,000 people in the crowd. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to showcase and just do everything I absolutely can. And I'm just like, like, I know people talk about it, but I'm just like, man, I hope people understand how much, like how, how beautiful it is to see this. How much he's given to the world. How much he's giving and just how much he loves. Like you're seeing someone who genuinely loves what they fucking do. Yeah. And, Quick tangent, but as somebody who was very much a punk fan, I always thought that was type of like punk. Like punk loves what he do, but sometimes I don't feel like it's the same. Like Danielson don't give a fuck. Danielson care about anything else except when he's in those 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 four those those like four areas of of a ring. He wants to be within those ropes, those four side of ropes, and he just wants to be in there. And he's just like, I'll do whatever it takes to get there. Mm-hmm. And it's just like. I don't need my ego stroked. I don't care about this. I don't care about how people see me. I don't care if people like me. <laughs> it's just I just like, want to wrestle. I just want to wrestle. And when I'm wrestling, 
I want you to beat the fuck out of me. It's like I was Danielson stared at the lights of Ring of Honor a couple of weeks ago. Danielson willingly took an like they talk about the rumors about people from WWE, like, oh, I can't do a job. Brian Danielson willingly took a pin at a Ring of Honor pay-per-view to then wrestle the next night. Right. And it's like you really think you're better than Brian Danielson. Like if Danielson can win just anybody should. A man who's main evented multiple WrestleManias. <laughs> He's regarded as the best ever, possibly. With, yeah, yeah. Exactly. no, he loves wrestling so much. It's inspirational. I mean, he's on two of my top ten matches of the year. So uh, I'll run down my list, and I'll start with the Danielson ones. He's Daniel's on three. He's, his, on three. Huh? he's on like three, barely four. <laughs> I have Danielson versus Zack Sabre Jr. at Forbidden Door mm-hmm. on uh, uh, July 25th and MJF versus Danielson in that 60-minute Iron Man match, which I'm a sucker for long Iron Man matches, um, at Revolution on March 5th. Mm. Um, most of these are going to be AEW because that's mostly what I watched this mm-hmm. year. So, of course. How that goes. So, to let people know, what we're doing is we're doing our 10 best favorite matches in no order. We're just saying them out. Well, I don't know if Jack has an order. I, I do. I have no order. I just have okay. match of the year. I okay. have nine, and then I have match of the year. So, uh, we're just reading our 10 best. And then after that, we're going to do five predictions for 2024 for whatever company we want to, or, you know, if we want to just do AW, if you want to, you do whatever. But then we have five bold predictions as well. So, Where you want to start off with your list? I'm not going to lie. I have an honorable mention section of my list as well. Because there are some matches that were close. Like, I'm, it's some of them I'm still debating if I want to move up or down. Well, that's what happened to me is I had five. And then I started looking through matches. And I was like, I don't want to limit this to five. So, let me just blow it up to a ten. Ten mm-hmm. is a nice big number. Um, I have Will Ospreay versus Kenny Omega for Bidden Door. Yeah. Um, June 25th. I have uh Bad Bunny versus Damian Priest at Backlash. Um, oh, that was a good one. Yeah, I mean, that was that was that was May 6th. That was yeah, I loved that match so much. And this is a bit objective, like this is my matches of the year. Maybe not the greatest matches of the year, it's just my matches of the year, which is yeah. why, yeah. Um just the way the crowd reacted to not only Bad Bunny but to Carlito, like just filled me with so much wrestling joy. The greatest pop of Carlito's life. Oh yeah, bro! The greatest pop, one of the best pops of the decade. Yeah, and it's gonna continue that way. Like you had two of the biggest pops of the decade when Bad Bunny came out and when Carlito came out. When this, when 2020s end, you're gonna have to cite them both. The craziest part that pissed me off with WWE. They had Carlito return with his music, and then they changed his music. And I said, what are we doing? What are we his doing? His music's incredible. But why did you change his music? After he did Puerto yeah. Rico, you changed his fucking music. Yeah, I don't know why you would change I don't hate the new music. Uh, maybe but you're it's trying just to like, him, but like, you know, his music's amazing. I guess. Yeah. And then you have, I have um, Bobby Beverly versus Akira at Circle Six in... Um, in June 16th, which we've talked about before. Yeah. Uh, the death match of the year. 
Then I have uh, Adam Page versus Swerve Strickland in mm. October 1st at Wrestle Dream, which would be my second best death match of the year. Wait, um, Wrestle Dream wasn't their death match. Full Gear was their death match. Wrestle Dream was their first match. You're right. You're right. Excuse me. Yeah. Because that was like last month. I'm like, wait, because it, it swerves been in the Continental Classic right yeah. off of that. Because game. it definitely is the death match that I want to cite mm-hmm. as the best one. So Swerve and Strickland in full gear, yeah. uh, their death match, second best death match of the year. Then I have Kazuchi Okada versus Kenta at G1 August 1st. Mm. I have Will Ospreay versus Kenta in July 21st during the G1 Climax. Um, I have Jamie Hayter versus Emmy Sakura, January 25th. Ooh, that was a good match. That was an that was a, that was, that was a stiff boy. That was a yeah, stiff that was, boy. That shit was so goddamn good. And then in the match of the year, I have FTR versus Juice and Switchblade in, um, what was it, July 15th collision. As your match of the year? Oh, yeah. Match of the year. I mean, they went, what, like, 45 minutes 50 where they went 50 minutes and don't get me wrong i'm not arguing it. it's, it's 50 minutes for a tag team match in front of a television crowd it's on my it was list. yeah match of the year it yeah. was and obviously then tag team match of the year and i love ftr mm-hmm. and i love tag team wrestling and i think if i were to show well the way i think about match of the year for me mm-hmm. uh, like the way some people say like to me, the greatest NBA player means the player I would most want to start my team with. Yeah. To me, match of the year means the match I would most want to show um, a non-wrestling fan. Mm. I would most want to show FTR versus Juice in the Switchblade. I can see that. <clears throat> I can see that. Match. You know what? That is a match where I think you instantly get it watching that match. Like, I don't know... I don't think there's been a match since Briscoe's FTR tag team, like the first Briscoe's FTR, where I think tag team wise, like it hits that pinnacle, that top point where you're just like, holy fucking shit. Yeah. Of just in ring, just fucking. And I haven't watched those matches yet, and I know I really should. Um, Well, that was this calendar year, right? No, that was last year. Oh, excuse me. Because Jay Briscoe got right past past a year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Jack. Oh, I know, I know, I know. Killing me, brother. <laughs> Killing me. It is. Listen, I love tag team wrestling. I love me some good tag team wrestling. Modern classic trilogy. Yeah. No, I really need to watch it. I know. There's just nothing else to say other than, like, I really need to watch it, and I'm ashamed. It's crazy when you look. And maybe it's also for me, like, I love the dog collar match, but it's also crazy to think that's Jay Briscoe's last, like, recorded match. Yeah, like, that's his swan song. Yeah, kind of. It's kind of crazy to think about. And just the idea of a tag team dog collar match. It's the first one ever, right? Yes. So they were treading new territory. And they knocked it out. And they had nothing to go off of before. Yes. So not only did they invent something, but they invented something that right away became a match of the year uh, from everybody who did see it. Yes. It's crazy. Um, All right. So you want to run down your list? 
Yes. So I'm going to follow this up. Mind you, I have 10, but this is just an honorable mention section. These are matches where it's just like I battled with them and I just put them in my honorable mention section. And mm-hmm. I'm just like, all right, they're going to be here. Uh, uh, Shooter, Umino versus Will Ospreay. Nice. That one was his best match. Shooter's best match. It's like the best he's ever looked. I was like, holy shit. He's going to be, I think he's going to be on the level of Okada. Yes, he's going to be, like, I can see him being the Tanahashi, the Tanahashi of the yeah. And him and the other dude, and I can't remember his fucking name, unfortunately. He also had a match against Will Ospreay this year. I forgot. The, the Shibata-looking motherfucker. Yes. Do you remember his name, or are we no, both forgetting? I, can, we, I forgot it, too. Yeah, but I think they, I'm hoping it usher in, like, another golden era for NJPW, and I really think that they can. They got three uh, young. They got three young dudes. Right. Their, I mean, their match at in G one would be my first honorable mention. Mm. Honestly, my, I could. You know what? I'm gonna switch it right now. Uh, <laughs> go, 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 go. I gotta kick. Go I'm gonna kick out. Um, I'm gonna kick out Kenta and. Um, I'm gonna kick kick out Kenta and Okada, mm-hmm. and put in Shoto versus. Whoever the fuck it was, um, <laughs> I forgot his name, but I know yeah, you don't. But still, fuck you. I'm putting. Um, yeah. So you go. Sorry, finish your list. No, no, no. You good? Um, Mox versus Hangman. Um, death match and Revolution. I thought I loved that death match, and I thought that was a really good to their one on one feud. I thought that mm-hmm. was a nice, perfect ribbon for their one on one thing. Uh, the Hangman entrance to Ghost Rider theme was fucking amazing. I wish yeah. Hangman would make that his permanent new thing, but I could imagine that probably cost a pretty fucking penny. <laughs> but that that just that whole presentation of Hangman in the red, like I did not expect 2023 to be the year Hangman would be AW's King of the Deathmatch. But it ended up being the year that Hangman was like, "Hey, for AW, I run deathmatches." <laughs> it's like, it's true. Um. My second, my third one, personal favorite, because I've always thought they did not book him right the way he needed to. This is the closest I'm ever going to see him as, like, on the biggest stage as the babyface, going for a championship, Sammy versus Roman at Elimination Chamber in Montreal. The fucking atmosphere. Just in that arena of him being in his home country. home, <laughs> Just them singing his song. Like, even the, the SmackDown before. When they was doing the ole, 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 ole. To me, all of that is why even Roman and Cody was a little hot, was even as high as it was going into Mania last year because you had so much energy taken from these other things. And even though, same bullshit ending, I just, the atmosphere, seeing Sammy, I've loved him since El Generico. To see him in that match and in that moment, the ROH fanboy here. That had died a little bit. It was just like, you shed tears today. My fourth honorable mention is Athena and Willow from ROH, Death Before Dishonor. Their main event match, which was fucking fantastic. They went at it. Uh, Athena, if I had to make woman wrestler of the year, Athena's it. Hands down. Athena has had nothing but fucking bang. And she's been fantastic. Well, her ROH Spree, there's no reason to even pay. It's a super dead brand. <laughs> it's like, is it? It's like it has a, it has a little bit of a beat right now, like a heartbeat. Without mm-hmm. Athena, it's 
It's brain dead, you know. <laughs> this is the tough part, because I want to put this one on my best of list. But I know what I would remove it with, and I have a hard time. All right, fuck it. I'm going to move it onto the list. My last honorable mention, which is getting moved off of my list and being put in my honorable mentions, is Rhea Ripley versus Charlotte Flair from WrestleMania. Yeah. Because they had a fantastic women's match. Uh, yeah, fantastic match. That match as well. Yeah. So, let me go with it. And mind you, again, the, the number one is just a match I think is the best match of the year. But everything else is just not, it's just in scattered order. I have Zack Sabre Jr. versus Brian Danielson from Wrestle Dream as on this is the first match for the best of list. It is the most perfect technical wrestling match I can think of. Like, two masters of technical wrestling. By the way, who we were thinking of is uh, Ren Nar- Narita. There we go. Yeah. Sorry, go on. No, as soon as you said it, it clicked. <laughs> but, so, Ren Narita versus Shodai in the G1 was my that's new, on your list. In my top 10, yeah. So, the first match for my top 10 is Zack Sabre Jr. versus Brian Danielson. And it's the perfect technical match. It's the perfect technical wrestling match to me. Like, it is what I would always think of if these two would wrestle, and it was perfectly done in front of me. And I and it's done with enough where if they wanted to do it again, there's enough room to do the match a yeah. second time. Somehow it was better than I was anticipating. It, because yeah. I thought, like, I, I thought Danielson would wrestle more of a strong style and mm-hmm. more striking offense, but he went into Zack Sabre Jr.'s lane and showed how deep his bag really is. He showed. Oh, I don't really His, like, submission hold for hold bag, yeah. He said he just showed. You know what? And Danielson is featured now. He's, he's one of the most featured people on this list. <laughs> but the thing for me is Danielson has shown. I have different bags I can jump in whenever. Yeah. And he showed with that match. Like, I don't show everything I do submission-wise, but we can go there. You want to go striking? We can go there. <laughs> like we can do this, and that's why I love about that match. Right, and like you showed, if he wanted to just wrestle like Zack Saber Junior., he would still be one of the best in the world. And it'd be so fucking entertaining. Yes. Uh, the next match, it's a match from your list as well. FTR versus Bullet Club Gold. Hey, I didn't. I didn't have it as my match of the year. I love that match. I, and also for it to happen so early in the inception of Collision. Yeah. Like that is like within the first five weeks, I think, of collision running. And it is one of the best tag team matches I've ever seen on TV. Hands down. Oh, yeah. Easily the best one I've seen on TV. Maybe yeah. like uh, Red Dragon versus FTR in NXT is the only one that comes to mind right away. I feel like this one's better. Like, I love the power and glory. I would have spot. to rewatch that match again. I can't. I might have to, but. You know what I love? The power and glory spot. So when Dax goes to do like the superplex and at and that and um, Cash does the body splash, I just yeah. love the, the how he does the su- the superplex. He gets the knees up, and then Juice does the frog splash on Dax, and it was just that sequence is just so fucking good. Also, you know that was like what two three months into Jay White. Being in AW, that was like really his coming out party too. Because that was his coming out party. He was he's been like the stud. 
And I was, we that all was expected the, him to be. Like he started a little slow, but after that, he was the stub we all expected him to be. That was the match where we were just like, oh yeah, Jay White is that motherfucker. Like <laughs> Jay White is him. He's him. Um, another match, a tag team match. Uh, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn versus the Usos. Okay. Now that makes you my got list. more WWE on your list than me, and more than I expected from you. Well, to be honest, also a little peek behind the veil, people. Between me and Jack, I'm probably the one, only one who really watches weekly or peeks into weekly WWE TV. Yeah, I mean, no, that's not even. I feel like I'm kind of honest about it. Like, like I no. said too, I most of my list is AEW because that's mostly what I watch. Uh, I'm not so, going to watch the weekly Monday Night Raw even as background. No. I'm not going to watch Friday Night Smackdown every week. I'm going to watch NXT yeah. the most. That's, like, this is probably one of my... Like, trip over a knife if you're upset. Well, on my main list, I only have three of their matches, but three of their matches are matches where it's just like I had to kind of... Like, these are matches where it's just like... No, actually, I think I only have two. I only have two on my... Yeah, I only have two on my main list. And the two that I have on my main list is just like, ooh, these are just too good to pass up. Yeah. First of all, it's Kevin and Owens and Sammy. Stan and Generico in a main event. Again, the ROH fanboy. In WrestleMania. In WrestleMania for the tag titles that they've never gone for before. As Jack slowly dies. <laughs> okay, I muted it. We're fine. And then also... Them to have like the PWG logo on their trunks and stuff like that. Like, it oh, I never even perfect. noticed that. Yeah, they have the PWG logos like on their trunks and their attire and stuff like that. Cause they're in, they was also in Los Angeles. So PWG yeah, Los Angeles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just like, oh, right here. Hit me right in the heart. Yeah. You know, and, and they won. And they won. They won. And they won. And it's that moment when they get the one, two, three. I'm not going to lie, I shed tears. Because it was just like That's how it should be. I've loved Steen and Generico for so many years, and I remember even people like, you know, people who whose opinion we don't give a fuck about, like Cornette, saying how you know Steen would never make it on. It's just beautiful to see in a main event, and Generico would never make it, and they both made it, and they were main eventers at Mania, and, and <sighs> in a match that everybody loved. Yes. So uh, everybody in the stadium, everybody on TV, universally adored. Adored. Um, this match is the last WWE match on my list. Okay. It's the second one on my main list, last one. But my God, was it? When they say the meats got all the meats, Gunther, Drew, and Sheamus. I didn't see this. I heard it was amazing. And especially as a fan of Hoss Fight, this is on the list that I would want to watch. It is. I would tell you to go watch it. It is, it is, it is beautiful. It is a beautiful Haas destruction match. When you have, not, well, I don't care if you care about ruining it. I don't think you care. But to have Gunther powerbomb Sheamus onto Drew McIntyre as a spot. A lot of sl- meat slapping. Chopping out the ass. Red, nothing but red chest. <laughs> Nothing but red chest out, out walking out that ring. It was my type of match. And I love Gunther. I think that's one of the highlights of his his title reign. Uh, there's a Gunther prediction in my 2024 predictions, but we'll get to that later. <laughs> um, the match that removed Rhea and Charlotte from my main list and moved it into the honorable mentions. Brian Danielson versus Ricky Stark from all 
out the strap match. Yeah, I mean, this is like the only one where I, I, I don't see what you're seeing. It's just the fact, one, it wasn't expected. Two, it's the first match after he broke his arm and just how beautifully, abusively destructive it was. <laughs> just like Ricky is beating him down, bleeding. It is beautiful. Even to me, Ricky not Ricky just passing out with being choked with the strap. Everything about it to me was just it was beautiful. Like it's one of my favorite matches of the year. And I think it's I think it's it's up there for me. Um my next match is Will Ospreay versus Kenny Omega Forbidden Door 2. Of course. I don't really think I need to talk too much about it. Yeah. It was all I my list. Everybody exactly. Skip past that. A match I maybe it's just me. I think this might be one of the best matches of this uh this company's history. Will Ospreay versus Mike Bailey. Impact. Turning point. I haven't seen it. Uh heard, heard great things. I would say possibly one of the best matches from Impact TNA ever. Yeah. And it I'm is... glad that they got that match too. Like that yeah. I will say. That makes me happy that they got a Will Ospreay. And they got a they had a prestigious matchup and they let it breathe as it mm-hmm. is. It's one of those matches where I've always heard people talk about how like I've always heard people say Mike Bailey's one of the best wrestlers in the world. And I've always been like from his matches, I'm like, yeah, I've I've seen matches like him and Josh Alexander, that damn near fifty minute match they had for the title one time. Like I've seen a lot of this stuff, but when I saw Mike Bailey and Will Ospreay, I was like, Oh, I see it. He swims with the sharks. He can swim with the sharks and hold his very much, very much hold his own. The next match: Danielson versus MJF Revolution. I do not think it's it's like hyperbole to say, but this is this is the greatest Iron Man match, like sixty minute Iron Man match. That's Brock. Brock and Kurt was thirty. That was that. Oh, just strictly sixty minutes. Sixty minutes. Oh yeah. Yes. 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 But I would even say it's it, that and Brock and Kurt, it's there. They're neck and neck. Like you can go back and forth with whichever one you prefer. Well, Brock and Kurt wouldn't even be my second. My second would be Bailey and um, ba- Bailey and Mer- uh, Mercedes Monet, Sasha Banks, the boss, whatever the fuck. Like that would fully, be my second. Um, fully giving it. I'm still fully giving that. No, I'm with you. I think. I, I do. I think MJF and Danielson was the greatest Iron Man match ever. One, the level 60, of physicality. 30, whatever. It didn't even feel like 60 minutes it went by. No. Like, when I realized, like, when they said the five minutes after, and mind you, the storytelling in the match was beautiful. Like, when they both, like, forearmed each other and fell, you had MJF looking at the clock and crying because he's like, fuck, I still have how many more minutes to defend this belt? Yeah, and you laughing. had... And Danielson is laughing because he's in his greatest element. He's in the one thing he loves, which, again, talks to the things we just talked about before this. He loves wrestling so much, he will do this shit for an hour plus with a fucking smile on his face. And just even when they came out to the draw, them having to feed MJF oxygen. And Danielson's doing fucking jumping jacks. And then also, Danielson's first and only time we've ever seen him do the yes chant in AEW? No, but he did it again in his match against uh, Okada. Right, but it was his first time. Remember, yeah. we had never seen it, and that was just yeah. like, it was just like he did that, and it was just like, holy shit, like, 
they're gonna give him the win. And then when he hit the knee and he kicked out, it was just like it was the first time. Like usually I don't bite on too much shit. I expect, you know, I feel like I have a good idea as a wrestling fan. We all do. We've been watching enough wrestling enough. When he hit when he did the yes chant and hit the knee, I bit that MJF was losing. Your shoulder I, moved with it. I was like, he's he's losing. This MJ uh, Danielson is gonna win, and then he kicked out. Even Tony Schiavone being the sucker kicked out. The sucker, like the sucker kicked out. I was like, holy shit. Number two, I really wanted to play as my number one, but I can't lie. I've watched number one too many times. <laughs> number one's become my comfort watch, but number two, and this is really my number two favorite match. It's Hangman versus Swerve Texas Death match. I'm surprised it's not not your number one. I, was I know how much you love that match, and I'm surprised it's not your number one. Now I'm really <sighs> curious what is your number one. I've watched that match so many times; it is absolutely slightly sickening. Like I've watched, I've watched Hangman Swerve to the point. I sometimes when I just want something comfortable to put on over these last week or two while doing Christmas commissions, I put that on. Like I'm painting Christmas gifts while someone is fucking. Triple H spitting out somebody's blood into the bathroom. <laughs> oh man, I just oh, I can't talk enough about that match. It's just it, it's it's just my favorite fucking match. <laughs> and the first match, and the reason why I probably haven't talked about it so much is because it happened way before we met. Um, Wrestle home. Kingdom, Osprey versus Kenny Omega at Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah, I watched that match. Gotta be once to twice a month. Wrestle Kingdom well, always has like the tough position of it happened so early in the year that it falls to the curse of what have you done for me lately and people forget about it when they're ranking their best matches. It is, but it also has that leisure of just like top this. Of just like we gonna set the bar here and everything else has to try and get there. Yeah. And the thing to me is the only thing I take away from their forbidden door match is the Don Callis stuff. It does leave a little sour taste in the mouth. Because it made the referee look stupid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The thing with him and him and Osprey at Wrestle Kingdom, we hadn't seen Kenny be that brutal to somebody before. Like he, like he DDT'd him on the exposed turnbuckle, and Osprey was leaking, kicking him, and like his head going, and Osprey's head going through the uh, table. The corks raft off the top rope, like all of that shit was just. And then it's like, Wales trying to get his, trying to get the comeback and everything. It was beautifully told. Even him hitting um, Kota Ibushi's finisher before hitting him with the one winged angel, because how Osprey always the hidden blade to the back of Ibushi's head. It was just like of oh, that thing of just like this rivalry, and uh, I love that match so much. It is probably going to go down as one of my favorite matches ever. And also, I love the dramaticness of the entrances of, like, Kenny Omega. Like, New Japan Kenny Omega feeling completely different than AEW Kenny Omega. <laughs> of, like, him feeling like this super end-level boss. Yeah. And then, yeah. And especially, him. like, to Osprey. Right. In his like ascent to stardom in NJPW, and to be fair, I've mentioned Osprey one, two, three, 
And if you count the hidden, uh, if you count the honorable mentions, that one I mentioned Osprey four times. <laughs> like Osprey had a fucking year. Mm-hmm. Osprey and I mentioned Danielson four times. Boy, I cannot wait for them to be in the same fucking promotion. <laughs> I cannot wait. Oh man! But that's my best of 2023 list. My best matches, my favorite matches. Let's get into our 2024 and our predictions. I'll run through my predictions, and then you run through yours, and then we'll get into the bold stuff. Okay, I want I want you to give me some explanations to some of these predictions. I'm very interested. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, That's I feel good. like for these these the regular ones, you're, a lot of them are going to be self explanatory, and I even mm-hmm. think one we're going to share. Okay. Uh, we're going to get Bad Bunny and Logan Paul at WrestleMania. Oh. Yeah. I think okay. that they're planting the seeds for. I think they're going to do it for the United States Championship. They may. They may not. Um, I do think it's going to be involved. It's just the fact of, like, does Logan hold it all the way until then? Mm-hmm. But there's been a lot of long championship reigns. I feel like they've planted the seeds already, and I feel Logan Paul versus Bad Bunny is the biggest match you could possibly make for the United States title. It's going to be the biggest match they've ever made for the United States title. That's interesting. I have somebody else versus him for the United States title. So. Yeah. Um, and is just the perfect match for WrestleMania. It makes sense because you know if you want to play off some real life stuff, you know Logan Paul has some heat with Puerto Ricans and people of Puerto Rico for him moving there, and also he tries to out Bad Bunny is like, oh, he's the same, and it's like you can play that up, and yeah, you know. Um, then this is the one I think we're gonna share. Swerve is AEW World Champion. Absolutely. Yeah, that's. It's headed that way, whether he's going to be the next one or the one after that. He's going listen, to be an AEW world champion sooner rather listen. than later. If 2024 ends and Swerve has not won the championship, we have a problem. Yeah. Unless it's we'll be fun to revisit these. Unless it's injury, I don't see where we, how he doesn't. It's going to be tough to deny him if he can keep this up and they don't fumble it. The best way not to cut you off from telling your predictions. No. I went back and I watched um, Dynamite this past week, where it was mm-hmm. him and Rouge. Just him standing on the top rope before he hit the swerve stomp and the crowd standing with him going, swerve, swerve, swerve. Here's the issue they're going to run into. He ain't going to be a heel by the time you get him the belt. I think the they're already crowd- working him towards a tweener. Because I think they had to make him a heel against Hangman, and now they're gonna work to- work towards him being a tweener. And they tried as hard as they could to make him a heel. The issue is the the death match turned him. The death match turned him without intentionally turning him. Because yeah. there's a point in the death match when he starts stapling himself, and oh, the yeah, crowd is just like getting louder with every staple. Every staple. Well, he's the Joker. He is. He's, and the truth Absolutely. is, we all want to be the Joker a bit. Yes, he embodies that idea really well. Have you ever watched Demolition Man with Wesley Snipes? No. Okay. Um, if you ever get a chance to watch that, you'll see because he talked about taking elements from that character, and he said elements of that character, uh, Heath Ledger's Joker, 
elements oh, really? of that. Yeah, that. he uh, Chris Van Vliet. He talks about the different characters that get that gives him inspiration for the sort of character. And when you see it, and then you go back and watch that death match, and you see the moments, you're like, I absolutely can mm. see it. Where I've heard of like, Demolition Man. I do want to watch it. It's one of my favorite Wesley Snacks movies. <laughs> it's one of my favorite because he's like uh, this crazy hero, uh, this crazy villain that's from like the nineties. He gets brought back into the future. But whatever. Anyway, Staying with AEW, Jamie Hayter returns and wins the AEW Women's World Championship in 2024. Okay. Staying with championships, Jade Cargill wins the NXT Women's Championship. Oh, you don't have her going to the main roster. No, I think they're going to stick her into NXT for a bit. Mm. Um, and I think that's also probably for the best. Mm. I, we forget how new she is. I, 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 I'm not surprised. Like, I've seen people that's just like, oh, why is she on the main roster? I'm like, she's only been wrestling two years, brother. Right. And why has she debuted yet? She By the time she she's debuts... She's never wrestled a match longer than 10 minutes, yeah. 8 minutes? By the time she gets... I'll say it from my boat predictions. Okay. <laughs> um, and in terms of hater, mm-hmm. I think once she's back, because you watch, I watched, I watched some Jamie Hayter matches, mm-hmm. just thinking about matches of the year, and she's undeniably the best wrestler in the women's division, one of the best wrestlers in neither divisions, and without much of a character, she is still one of the most charismatic wrestlers in AEW. Absolutely. So I, I, I really hope you know she comes back. She wins the title at Wembley. Mm-hmm. That I think is. I'll, I'll even throw that too. Jamie Hader returns, wins the AEW Women's World Championship at Wembley. Um, I don't know if it'll be against Tony Storm by that time, but I do think that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And then finally, to round out my predictions, we're going to get more AEW backstage departures, and we're going to get an addition of a creative team to AEW. I see that. We're. I. I. This is a little bit of inside baseball. I know for a fact. For my friends, friends who work in film, AEW is headed towards a massive rebrand. Mm. Not like a small one where they did the re where they redid the entrance ramps and like the ropes and shit. A massive rebrand, like they're rebooting it, and I think that's why they're clearing house right now of backstage people from their head of television productions guy to their merchandise uh, person. And I think Tony Khan is going to buckle in not, and get a creative team, not a writer's team. Like, I'm not going to ever have writers, but they're going to have, like, this is our head of creative. This is our creative division. Yeah. Head of creative. Like, you know, it's going to be um, Jimmy Jacobs is not mm-hmm. head of creative, but he'll be in, you know, he'll, he'll be, be a part of creative. It. Like, prop someone like the big show being creative. Probably Danielson. Danielson would probably. Danielson would be part of creative. Yeah. And that's that's where we'll end up. And yeah. they'll but then they'll have that as official titles. I think that's I think they need that. I I've been saying because I've seen people be like, oh, what's going on with them with all the certain things? I'm like, first of all, the marketing and ticketing or live event person leaving, I think that's a good thing. Yeah. Cause I've said I've said it here. They need to improve their marketing. They mm-hmm. need to improve their marketing. Like the one thing I give WWE is if they're coming to your fucking town. You're gonna know. 
and they're going to have so much merch to sell. So much merch. That's why I think the merchandise thing is good because I'm not going to lie. One of the things I do have an issue when I go to an AEW show live, they don't have a lot of merch. Like, like it's very playing. limited, and I think that they they can grow in that. I think main thing I've said: some of their tickets is a little too high to start. Love with them shits in the start. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I can't believe that they don't have Will Ospreay sunglasses for sale. I mean, that's a layup. Or Will- Probably because he hasn't, like, he's not going to be on the road with it. Like, they know when he's going to be on the road with them. They probably, like, that's a part of the, that's part of the merchant marketing. But also, now that we switch those people, maybe something can happen. In the next what do you, minutes. like, what do you mean he's not going to be on the road? Like, you don't need to be on the road for it. Or he doesn't, you know, we need to be wearing, he's wearing the sunglasses every goddamn time he's on TV. Like it's just it's a layup. You can do a partnership with Ray Ban, or you cannot do a partnership with Ray Ban. You can do a partnership with any goddamn sunglass company in the world. You can do not do a partnership with any goddamn sunglasses company in the world. Wait, make what? What sunglasses? I don't even remember the sunglasses. Oh wait, the the round joints kind of similar to yours. Like your high glasses. No, the aviator ones, the Orange Cassidy aviator sunglasses that he wears fucking everywhere. I thought you said. I swore you said Will Ospreay. Oh, if I did, then excuse me. Yeah, so you said Will Ospreay, which has me confused. Because I was like, yeah, no, that, no, I guess that. How do you not have Orange Cassidy? Oh, no, absolutely. Oh, no, no, no. See, this is why I was confused because you said Will Ospreay, and I was just like, I'm sorry. But no, Orange Cassidy, no, absolutely. I agree. But this is why you need to expand that team. And I think also, I think how much they grew in these last five years may have caught them off guard. I don't even think about how much they grew. I think they're just they're ready to shed, shed the baby fat. Yeah, it's time to go ready to the next to level. Shed the like little company that could, mm-hmm. for better or for worse. Yeah, it's never going to be the locker room. I think they've also accepted it's never going to be the locker room that they started with, where it's all camaraderie and it, it never was. and kumbaya. I don't think it ever was. No, it was. It like for a fact. No, what I mean is, like, it was never going to permanently stay that way. Like, you can't permanently stay that way. I, I think that they they had a chance to not permanently stay that way, but at least maintain that ideal. Yeah. And stay around it. But now it's completely gone. That's why they're headed towards this hard reboot. I think they can definitely have a way healthier locker room, but, you know, the perfect one, no. Um, you have how many more? That's no, those are my five predictions. Give me yours. Okay. Um, first one Cody doesn't finish the story. I have that too, but luckily I have a bonus one, so I'm just gonna replace it. Okay. Um, I have that in my bold predictions actually. But this one we actually shared two. Okay. Jamie Hader winning the belt, but I have winning the belt at Wembley. I think I, I amended mine as well. Yeah, as I started talking, I was like, "Yeah, she'll probably win it at Wembley." But I also feel like she's—it's either that or she's coming back into a Brit feud. Like she's gonna have a feud with Brit. Yeah, I mean, I think that makes yeah, sense. At first, she comes back into a Brit mm-hmm. feud, and then that catapults her to the title. Roman versus Punk at SummerSlam. Okay. Yep. Um, Does he take the belt off of him? No, because that would have to be a bold prediction, right? Yeah. No. I was gonna say you're just out here making the reason why I don't declarative. See- to explain the Cody one. Bold ones. I have, <laughs> the reason why I don't see Cody winning. Like, as much as we don't, like, let's be honest, WWE likes numbers. They like to hit certain benchmarks. Yeah. They love that shit. They love the boast about that shit. In September, Roman passes 
Hogan. As Roman makes it to September, he passes Hogan. That's, yeah, that was also my thought process. You, like, you don't just give that up. Like, you don't just give because up that You're, you're never going to get close to this again. Never. So you're so either never. just saying Hogan's le- record is going to last forever. Ever. Or you break it now. Exactly. And they're kind of wanting to get rid of Hogan from the history books. Right. And to say we've had the modern day run that matches the great run of Hulk Hogan. You're telling me Michael Cole is not going to run that down everybody's fucking gullet and <laughs> say that every moment Roman Reigns can come out. And I think it also it, it goes with Triple H's idea of I'm remaking this company in my image. Exactly. And who's the first most successful NXT call-up ever? You can say Roman fucking Reigns. Sure. From his people. Roman was one of his people. I can see it. I can absolutely see it. Do I think that has an effect on Cody. We shall wait till my bold predictions. <laughs> we shall wait till my bold. Uh, Jamie, I just think Jamie not being in Wembley last year. Yeah, come on. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think we covered Jamie. It's just explanatory yeah. as well, right? Um, Roman versus Punk. Now here's the thing: Roman mm-hmm. versus Punk is two things. One, in case Cody does win, you can still do Roman versus Punk with the whole thing with Paul Heyman. Uh, so. There's that in case Cody does win. But what I think is Cody doesn't win and you still have a money match. Because also that's another thing I have a problem with with Roman's reign with Roman's reign ending at Mania is so we're just not gonna do Roman versus Punk. Yeah, but you can still, you can do Roman versus Punk a million ways. Like you're not just the Paul yeah. Heyman thing. You can do it of just this is Roman's company and CM Punk is now here. But if you look at Roman's entitled title reign. He's beating everybody. And also CM Punk, I brought you into this company as the shield. I'm going to take yeah. you out of it. Yeah. It's just like, but it's just the fact of like in Roman's title reign, he's beating everybody there. Like that's the one thing about Roman's title reign. He yeah. would have beaten everyone. And to say he's he's not going to have a match with Punk for the title is kind of crazy. Right. And you can break it down into I've been in everybody here. Uh, and then and and it's like someone who wasn't there so it's like exactly you only won you only beat everybody here because i wasn't here yeah um i have the same one swerve AEW champ but i have swerve AEW champ revolution i don't really have a date for him so only because you know we're shooting this before worlds and i i don't think mjf's winning he's obviously hurt with the return rotator cuff and fucked up here so, yeah. it you don't need Joe to carry that title on. No, he's gonna be Joe is a perfect yeah. transit. Joe is a perfect transitional champion right now. He can talk. I just don't want MJF to lose his title to Samoa Joe. I know, but also hate to tell you this, we are a victim of circumstance. He I tore know. his rotator cuff on that fucking Urinagi off the top rope. <laughs> so we we just got to deal with. Hey, listen. Maybe Joe doesn't. Maybe Joe doesn't win. But either way, the next champion has to be Swerve. Like one of the next champions have to be Swerve. Yeah, I think Revolution makes sense because right now they're on track to sell out the whole arena. Yeah, like because of it also being Sting's last match, I think they're at fourteen, nearly fourteen thousand tickets already sold for the arena, and that's a twenty-three thousand seat arena. 
to <laughs> to crown like the maximum seating could be twenty three thousand. You can crown your next face of AEW from the right there. Yeah. yeah, it makes the most sense. Um, and this one lastly smoothly goes into my bold ones because then my bold ones might sound a little crazy, but let's go with it. Sting loses the Darby. That is Sting's last match. Is that he gives the mantle to Darby? He allows Darby to pin. Well, that's him. cool. It's just like I yeah. chose you, and I saw you because, as someone. Yeah. Is my Sting mentee. is such a consummate professional too. He's going to go out looking at the lights. Absolutely. That's always Absolutely. been pro wrestling tradition. That's how it's always going to be. Not going to lie, if my job pays me next week like they're supposed to, you're buying it. Oh, Jack! Oh, yeah. I'm going. I'm a, I'm a Sting is one of the reasons why I'm a wrestling fan. Yeah. And will I cry like a little bitch in the stands? You can bet your fucking ass. You can bet your ass. Yes. Um, so I'll put us in our bold predictions now. Okay, yeah. Now, this is both like things that I think could happen. Mm-hmm. Each and every one of them is, at least I think, is a possibility it could happen. Um, okay. A couple of them are just things that I really want to happen. Okay. Like what I want to see happen. Okay. Wardlow winning the Owen Hart Memorial Tournament. I, I can think, see that. Yeah, is is one of my more realistic ones. Um, one of my less realistic ones is a Joshi invasion angle in AEW. I get that. Yeah, I think that would be so cool to see. That would be so good, though. Yeah, I actually yeah. really like that. Yeah, just something to really... Uh, revitalize and lighten up the women's division. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess I'll address Wardlow. I mean, I think Wardlow winning the Owen Hart tournament gives him a big push. It gives him finally a title and accolade to put on himself. And he can just run through the tournament, make like two out of the three of them squash matches. Yeah. Award Wardlow. Uh, we have Gunther winning money in the bank and he beats Roman Reigns for the chip. Oh, yeah, that's, that's a good one. Yeah. He wins money in the bank, and after Roman has beaten the whole Kogan record, you have he, um, he Gunther takes the title off of him like a month mm. later or whatever, cashing in money in the bank. Will it happen opportunistically, or will it happen in a more Absolutely. like I'm gonna wrestle you here way? Don't know, but that's how I think that if I'm happen. not mistaken. They said either the week before or the week of the record is their Bash in Berlin show, where they're having a mat, where they're having their show in Berlin, their big show. And I'm like, if it's around that time, you got to get Gunther in the World Heavyweight Championship match. Yeah, there's I mean, no if way it's, he says if that. it's before he breaks the record. No, it is before. It definitely is before he breaks the record. It is. Um, yeah, I would have. He loses it in a straight up match, and then mm. Gunther cashes in like a few weeks later in a in like a cheating way. Okay. Uh, then I have Okada in WWE. I I think it's more of a possibility than we yeah. give credit for. I think uh. Triple H is throwing oodles of money at him, like all of the monies. They're going deep in that TKO endeavor checkbook and sticking it to Ari Emanuel like you want international this is how we're doing it. and didn't they just partner with AJPW too um 
New Japan, uh, NXT specifically. It's not their main thing, but it's NXT specific. But still, yeah, yeah. Um, like, so they do have eyes on Japan and things that they want to do at internationally. And Triple H is talking here. Or Emmanuel's like, you want to have a foothold in Japan? We need to get this guy. Yep. Mm, that's a good one. Yeah, and maybe they stick Paul Heyman with him. Wins all mm. Uh, then fine. Then Okada can keep his character too, and he won't really have to talk. Yeah, I mean, he can just wrestle and have the same character, uh, display his physical charisma. Mm. And Paul Heyman does all the work because Paul Heyman's going to need something to do once Roman leaves, which is inevitable. Oh yeah. And then my final one, my fifth one, we addressed him earlier. Uh, Shota winning G one. Yes, good call. Good. I, the only the only reason I think it's bold is because I don't think somebody that young mm-hmm. has won G one, yeah. certainly as like less established than Shota. Mm-hmm. These okay. are my bold predictions. This is the path. This is the vision. So, Be with me. Walk with my me. first. Here's my bold predictions. Athena versus Thunder Rosa for the TBS title will happen at some point this year. It is going to be one of the more physical women's matches. But I need it. I need it like oxygen. Because <laughs> I know that match is going to slap. It's going to be ugly. And I'm for it. Um, especially because... I don't know. Like I saw, I like Thunder Rose's return this past weekend, and mm. I could see her in the TBS picture. Like I see Julia Hart having it for a while. Like I think Julia Hart's next few feuds are kind of like laced already intertwined. Like she has the Abaddon thing going on now. I could still see some kind of dissension in and out thing with her Sky Blue. We don't know, but I like them too as a combination, and then. I can see her and Thunder Rosa having a thing. And eventually sure. Thunder Rosa gets the TBS. And Thunder Rosa would be the first woman to have hold both belts. Mm. Yeah. Thunder Rosa would be the first woman to have hold the TBS title and to have hold the women's title. Cool. Love it. Um, Danielson versus Nigel McGinnis at Wembley. I don't think it's going to happen. They will be involved. Now, maybe it's not one-on-one. Maybe it's something, but they're going to be involved in some type of some type of thing at Wembley. I don't think it's going to... I don't think we see Nigel McGinnis. This is why we call it bold. This is why we called it bold, man. We have to I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. I, I am not, like, I discounting not, it not. entirely. It's just bold, and I don't think so. If it does happen, though, in a way, on Wembley statement, that would be... Uh, yeah, and I think they get final countdown one more time for Wembley. I mean, you have to play that song. Anyway. <laughs> All right, Tony's gonna be like, "Look, look, we may have got new TV deal rights. Okay, I can dish out a little extra cash pocket for this one time." So, um, sticking with Daniel, uh, and also like just how much on commentary with Nigel. Every time Danielson has a fucking match, I'd I love be like, that. It's one of my favorites. Like, running love it. Bits. If it's not Nigel, I could see it being Zack Sabre Jr., but still, I want it to be goddamn Nigel. <laughs> I, I get it, yeah. Um, 
Danielson's last match will be at Grand Slam, his last full-time match. It's not a pay-per-view. Well, yeah, I guess because it's not his last match. Yes, but also where his full-time AEW career started, where his full-time AEW career would end. Is it against Omega? Yes. I think that's where we get him and Omega 2. And I think this is where we get him and Omega 2 in a kind of like an Iron Man match. Yeah, where you have to, we have to have a decisive winner. Exactly. It's um, been a long time. I have Kenny winning the C two, the Continental Classic next year. Oh, twenty twenty four is Continental Classic. I have Kenny Omega being in it. See, that I think is less likely to happen than <laughs> Nigel McGuinness coming back. It, you have to listen, and I'm not going to say I get it. You. I get I'm not going to say it just to you because I think this is something that needs to be said to everybody. Okay, take a deep breath. <laughs> not, I don't relish the fact to say this, but we all need to accept into our hearts that we're not going to get Kenny Omega in a prolonged singles run ever again. He has given us so much. Yes, body cannot handle it anymore. Listen, I'm not disagreeing with you. I understand that. But C2, is just, look, he could be off for a month and a half, two months before the C2. To let the C2 be him, and mind you, it could be the end of the year. It could be him for the end of the year for like a three, four week thing. That's it. That's it. It's But like, there's no reason in having him win C2 uh, if he's not going to go on to like have a singles push, well, he can have the C two, and this, well, it depends on what the C two, what will be the what do the person win next year? Because I don't yeah. think they're going to do the triple crown. So well, it's like, what is even still like? There's still like you need to do something with him. Like you need. To, there's no think, point in giving a wrestler that big of an accolade no, unless you're going to. What I'm saying is the C two and push. The C two for next year would be. You get a title shot. So it would be him doing that for a title match. So it would just be that. And then you can, if he does not win that title match, depending on who it's with, I would say, well, Osprey at the end of the year. Have you ever read, uh, sorry, and you're going to get him versus Osprey? Yes. Have you ever read Brock Lesnar's book? No. Okay. He talks about diverticulosis during it. Yes. Diverticulitis. I can't say it. Diverticulitis. Thank you. You're welcome. It ravaged him. Yes. Like, like, I think he called it like something like robbing him of his athleticism. And Which makes Brock sense. Brock Lesnar, and this is not an act against Kenny Omega, it's just mm. to remark what a freak of nature Brock Lesnar is. Yeah. Is an absolute monster of a human being who has been blessed true. with more gifts than 99% of athletes. Not wrestlers, yeah. athletes. Yeah. In in ever. Like I'm talking about like his probable his best athletic comparison is Jim Thorpe. Like I'm talking about like his best modern equivalent is LeBron James. That level of yeah. athlete. Yes, I do. Understand. And he's that level of athlete at 300 pounds of pure muscle. Is there some Mexican supplements and steroids mixed in there? Sure, but still, allegedly, uh, but still, allegedly, allegedly, doesn't 
still puts him in this top 0.0001% of athletes ever. And if he's like this thing ravages me and robbed me of my athleticism, I don't think someone who is as remarkable, but is still a little more mortal mm-hmm. like Kenny Omega, we're ever going to see him come back the same. But that's why and I that have it there because I want this to kind of be the swan song. Like I want this run to be the okay, swan I song see. because okay. it's like this. If we can get a G, because listen, he's never going to do a G1. For the love of Christ, we'll never see that again. No. But if you look at it, the C2 is five matches. Yeah, five matches in the first round. With two, one match in the second round and one match in the final. Yep. I feel like if we are saving this man, we, we keep him in pristine condition. We make sure he gets the way he needs to be. We can get this. We can get this and we can get that moment, Jack. Bold. Listen. Bold. I like how mine is like things I want to see happen or like a few of them are like things I want to see happen and you is playing like an angel and granting wrestlers full health. Wait, I've only granted one. No, Kenny Omega and Nigel McGuinness. Listen, okay, so I've I've done two, but for the love of God, you can't give me this with Nigel. Them and Nigel have been doing this where it's just like, at this point, Give me what I want. Give okay. me what the fuck I want. Sure. Like, have you ever really rewatched Danielson versus Zack Sabre Jr. and just listen to Nigel on commentary? It is yeah. the greatest fucking thing. I know. There is a moment where Zack Sabre Jr. has him in a submission, and you could there's like a shot of Nigel. Know, and he's I like, know. I want to say it. And he just stands up and is looking at the submission in the ring. And I'm just like, no, you have to give me this. <laughs> like, you oh. have to. Like, that is it. And this last one, this last one, I don't feel this is bold. It's a two-part. I feel like part of it's bold. Part of it's not. WWE will cool off. And Cody will kind of go on a back burner. Which goes off. Okay, of, see, that's more of a bold prediction. That like, yeah, they're gonna cool that's off because, said, like That's what wrestling companies that's why do. Said, you have hot, that's not, why it's called a hot period. That's why I said it's kind of, but it's not. So the not bold part is WWE will cool off. Yeah. The reason why I think WWE is going to cool off, and it's not because of ticket sales, it's not because of anything. I just noticed, and I had had a conversation with a friend who is just a strictly WWE fan, not an AEW fan, just strictly WWE fan. He's like, yo, it's good. It's just, he's like, it's not like last year, though. And that's what caught me off guard because I thought that already. Because he was like, if you think about it, we was coming off of stories, coming off of SummerSlam. Like, it was, okay, the bloodline accepts Sammy. Where did it go from here? Eventually, they have to break, you know, like, where did it go? Do they fully trust him? We really are just punk. It's just yeah, punk. I mean, you don't have that main event storyline in the bloodline. like Right. Before, and it, and you also didn't have other things around it kind of keeping it hot. Like, Sammy kept it hot and all this other thing. And then right. Roman goes away from TV it kind of loses steam. It loses more and more steam to the point where it's like, even thinking about Cody and Roman again, it's not as hot as it was last year. I mean, you have Gunther's, you have Gunther's dominance as a story. Mm-hmm. Um, oof. 
Uh, I mean, you would have to know more than I do. So you have Gunther. You have Gunther. You have there's some fracturing in Judgment Day, but that's just bloodline light. Yeah. Um, same thing with damage control. That's just bloodline max zero. If you like Pepsi, you know max zero. <laughs> no, it's just it's just bloodline max zero. Where it's just like, ooh, maybe we get Babyface Bailey. But it's also one of those things where it's just like... That, I think, is actually going to be a cool storyline. It's going to be cool. It'd be interesting if they do bring in Mercedes. I hope Mercedes don't go back, but I understand. Get your money. Um, But... Yeah, I mean, now, it does, and, and we'll have to talk about this another time. But like, course. it does become interesting where, you know, it's confirmed Mercedes Monet and AEW aren't talking anymore. Yeah. So it's like where... which so interesting of why like oh, what happened there probably her asking price because her asking price from what i heard even wwe is like oh whoa. <laughs> wwe is like oh shit but um, that doesn't uh you know who can pay it though? Price, bonkers pro wrestling um her asking price is um so they said charlotte just signed the biggest contract in the women's division ever yeah and yeah her asking price is about that oh uh, so she she just wants to go to hollywood she, she, I don't know if she just wants to go to Hollywood, but she's also like, hey, let's also look at the fact of like, I am not going to front. Like, look, if I'm, if I am TK, I get it. Maybe she's probably getting paid more than anybody else in the fucking roster. <laughs> she, she probably get paid more than anybody. Yeah. But the, she has fans that only watch her. Like, she has fans that don't give no fucks about nobody else. Yeah. But her. And you can use that for a women's division. Like, they, let's be real here. They will watch until you put her on the screen. And whoever she, you put her on the screen with will then get some added rub because you put her on the screen with them. Yeah. Now, I don't, it's, it's one of those things. I don't think she'll wrestle anywhere. I think she's just going to go to Hollywood. If that really is her asking price, like, she, yeah. it, her priorities are elsewhere, where it's like, if you really want me to do this, this thing I'm not totally keen on doing... Then this is what you're gonna have to pay me. I don't know why AEW wouldn't fucking pay her that. Because if it's whatever. what it possibly is, it would be more than most of their roster members. Well, then that's what she's fucking worth. Cut this well, bloat of men's that you have and sign Mercedes Monet. Well, you and, don't just cut them in the middle of it. You might want to wait till the year turns over where your goddamn books look different. And, and I guess also, my frustration is also like apparently people. they have no interest in Julia, which is like, okay, so you just don't give a shit about your women's division. No. So here's my thing. Me and somebody had a conversation about this. What's uh, Miyu? What's her name? Miyu. She was in Tokyo Joshi Pro Wrestling. She had a match against Thunder Rosa. What the fuck is her name? I can't remember her name. It's like Miyu. I can't you remember what? her last no, she was in Tokyo Joe Pro Wrestling. She just did a match with like, her. But like I'm saying, like a veteran. Yes. A veteran or a... Okay, so... She's go, popular, go. but she's popular within... Yeah. She has like this spinning head kick that's fucking phenomenal. Okay. But she's very popular. She's a free agent. She's worked with AEW. She's been on AEW. She, they've, worked, they've had an exchange with her in New Japan. And there's been rumors of them wanting her. I feel she feels more into the AEW. Then I feel Julia. I like Julia. I love Julia. But when I listen to me, when I look at Julia, to me, and Julia's always talked about wanting to work with EO, wanting to work with Oscar. Julia's done interviews talking about that. To me, 
Julia perfectly fits a fits WWE. I don't even think Julia would even care to go to AEW. So you're saying it's more of like Julia's disinterest than AEW's. Yeah. Disinterest. I don't even think she has an interest. I don't okay. even think there's a remote interest to go there. Like I think her thing is she wants to go to WWE, which makes sense. Like she to me. I don't even think you need to put, like, if you want to put her in ASC, you could. I don't think you need to. If you just want to do it to introduce her to your, you know, type of fans. But yeah. I think Julia can go straight to the main roster and translate. Yeah, I think Julia she, goes right to the main roster. And she's she's also something I said from a business perspective. She's kind of like an Americanized Joshi. Like, she speaks English perfectly fine. She, she, yeah. she kind of... She like she has that feeling where I think American people would instantly connect with her and go with her. I agree. So I, I, I understand also, it now, and from that mm-hmm. angle of like, it's not a, that that AEW doesn't have interest. They probably knocked on the door, and Julia said, "No thanks." Okay, right. Yeah, and Fine. I also look at it like this: WWE is an interesting perspective with the Charlotte injury because Charlotte's gone for a year. Yeah. And when Charlotte comes back, you know, first of all, an ACL injury at 38, I don't know how many people body recovery like from that. So it's like ACL surgeries aren't as big as a bigger deal as they used to be. But she's a flipper. Like she she does a lot of flips and all that other shit. Yeah, but she can learn to wrestle without that. She's a good enough wrestler and strong enough. Like I think she can learn to deal without it. But yeah, I understand WWE doesn't WWE doesn't rebuild, they reload. It's like so a, they're not going to like build somebody from scratch. They're going to insert Julia and right. away we go. And not just that. She she had the Seth Rollins. Like total destroyed knee. Like meniscus, ACL, everything is pretty much in that knee is fucked up. Uh-huh. So and, it's like if you want somebody that's a star that can fit in, right? you, you, probably, you might owns, just pay for it. Yeah. Oh, oh, Mercedes. Okay. Because um, now Mercedes is looking at you like, like, hi. <laughs> Not yeah. I mean, I just I I still can't get over it. like especially with CM Punk off your books. Like, why pay for go out and pay for Mercedes money? I think also we have to remember that they are trying to get TV rights deal, and once if they get their TV rights deal, then that opens up their books more where they're not in the red as much. They are currently in the red. E or AEW? AEW. Not by a great amount, but they do need to get their new TV rights deal. I think if they could secure the new TV rights deal, maybe they're back in the Mercedes play. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, we've gotten off track here. But uh, the reason why I also say WWE, well, the WWE cool-off thing is, if Cody does not finish the story, it drastically will hurt them. I think people will stop caring about Cody. Where do you think, so he goes to the mid-card and what does he do? I don't think he goes to Nikai. I think they truly try to keep him somewhere in that main event of like, I can't do anything until I finish this story. Like, it's almost like he becomes obsessed with finishing it. Does he like get the other title, like the Seth Rollins world title? I don't think so, because I think for Cody, he has to move to SmackDown, especially because. So here becomes the difficult part, right? Cody. Is right now even on Raw, like he's like fourth most interesting, like third, fourth most interesting. Because you gotta think, like even Punk and Seth, the idea of that is feeling hotter than anything Cody and Roman. Yeah. 
I think that's purposeful. I think they're purposely letting Cody simmer so that they can turn up the heat like around Royal Rumble time. But I don't think there's gonna. I don't think it's gonna work the way they think. I think they think they can do it. I think the thing is, yeah. I think they're underestimating how much people are off of the Roman bloodline stuff. Fair. Well, I think what they're banking on is Cody. What they're banking right. on is Cody's ability rather than Roman's ability. And focusing the story on Cody and letting his charisma and magic push them. So also, this also leads to two, another thing. I don't see, I don't think Cody wins the Rumble. Who do you think wins? I think you know who I think. LA Knight? Mm-mm. The Rock? Um, Chicago made Punk. CM Punk? Okay. I mean... Think about it. You, again, this is WWE. He will be in his first main, first Rumble 10 years to his last match in the yeah. organization. You think they're going to not... They're going to pass up the opportunity to be like, 10 years after not being in a ring. Yeah. Is, I mean, I... Thinking that Cody wins it is that Cody wins it, and then you can have him lose to Roman at Bash at Berlin a lot neater. Like Gunther can win that title in Germany, and Cody gets a great run, and you can transition into Gunther, and like kind of everybody wins in this way. Oh, I don't even see Gunther getting the universal. I see Gunther getting Seth's title. Now we're kind of lost in the Lost in the <laughs> but I, I see what you're saying when it comes yeah. to Cody. Because here's not the thing. Getting... Him, like, then, no. So you're saying Cody doesn't get the title at all. Like he doesn't even get the title match. Well, see, now, no, 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 he gets the title match at Mania. They find some way to make it happen. Like they do a trade or whatever bullshit they've done. For Roman's title. Yes, he gets the title match for Roman's title. Okay. Seth wins to face uh, Punk wins to face Seth. But Cody has to go through a whole bunch of loopholes and all this other shit to get to Roman. Okay, and that's when they really lean into like the Dusty Rhodes hard times of it all. Yes, and then he loses anyways. Yes. <laughs> that's and funny. I think him losing a second time will kind of cool fans off. Yeah, because it's, then it's like we've we've watched you on the biggest stage twice now, back to back years. Yeah. And I don't know on the press conference that says it's just another chapter in the never ending story of WWE. And I don't know where Cody would win the belt. I I almost want to say Cody goes 2024 without the belt, but I, I think that's a little too fucking bold. Like that's a little uh, too I mean, much it's of a me. Very real possibility. And like yeah. the only reason I see it too is like they don't want to give it to a guy who um, wasn't didn't build his star in WWE. Yeah. I don't think they want to legitimize wrestling outside of WWE. But the craziest part is you kind of have to, like, like, it's like you have to do the shit you don't want to do with Cody. Like, eventually, to get Cody where you need him as your biggest star permanently, you're going to have to give him that stamp, whether you like it or not. Yeah. But the thing is, I just, with that Hogan number at play. Yeah. Because even last year, I was like, they don't give a fuck about a thousand days. I don't think they're going to do a thousand. And then they did it, and they did it for the a thousand days. I was like, these motherfuckers just love numbers. And then I'm just like, they we're never going to get that close to a Hulk Hogan. 
They're never going to get that close again. They like creating their own records. They're never going to get close again to Hulk Hogan's record in this lifetime. Their chance to get him Hulk Hogan off the books forever. Exactly. All right, let's wrap this up. All right, man. Uh, Tell the lovely people where they can find you. Check me out at jacksimonmakes.com. If you didn't check it out last week, check out my interview with Chavo Guerrero and my preview of the movie The Iron Claw. Yes. And on Instagram, Jack Doc Simon, and Twitter, Jack Doc Simon. Are you going to be live tweeting your experience in Japan? Oh no, because I'm not a fucking hack. I'm going <laughs> to and cheer and be happy and enjoy my time. <laughs> I was so compelled to ask that question because I knew we'd get a visceral reaction. Oh <laughs> 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 uh, man, you can find me at Life of Dean. Um, actually, by the time this episode comes out, I might have already deactivated my Twitter. But, um, <laughs> like, I've logged out, but now I'm just thinking about permanently deactivating it. Um, but you can also follow us at Everything Wrestling with Romance. That's the Instagram and Romance Pod. You can find that on Twitter. We will see you guys. What, by the time we see them again? It's going to be middle of january actually I'll see you in 2024 yes i'll talk to you again after my wrestle kingdom yes indeed once i visit my wrestle kingdom peace people Be good. stick to your resolutions for the year <laughs>